1: Inspired by Hungary's incredible beauty heritage, Margaret de Heinrich de Amorovitsa launched her luxury skincare brand, Amorovitsa, that has truly taken the world by storm. Stay tuned for this. You don't want to miss it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully inspire and help each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build brands, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guest for today, Margaret de Heinrich de Amorovitsa. Founded in 2006... Amorovitsa is a luxury skincare line that is inspired by the need to bring Hungary's enviable beauty rituals to the rest of the world. Amorovitsa harnesses the healing powers of natural minerals from the ancient baths of Hungary. And trust me when I say it's taking over the beautyscape with strong retail and spa partners around the world. And if that's not impressive enough, Margaret takes her passion for wellness and beauty to another level as she is the mastermind behind some of the coveted spa programs at the Four Seasons. So, Margaret, thank you so much for being here and for allowing us to hear your incredible story.
2: Oh, gosh, thank you so much. I, I think um, I could. we had a, a brief moment, a pocket of time before uh, we began our conversation. And I, you're such a, a charming host and such a generous host. I think I could talk to you forever. So thank you for having me.
1: No, thank you. Um, So I do ask all my um, guests the same question to start with, and it's a really tough and pretty mean question because I'm Mm. asking you to synthesize um, your whole life in a few sentences, but if you can, can you just tell the listeners who is Margaret um, in a nutshell?
2: Oh, la la. Um, So I um, am American and uh, I um, was working in New York City about many, many moons ago for Time magazine and received a phone call out of the blue. Um, and that phone call culminated in my uh, becoming a diplomat and moving to Budapest, Hungary, uh, where I met my wonderful husband and um, and where we became inspired by these um, these fabulous uh, rich waters and the curative culture of Budapest um and now uh, fast forward i find myself four children later and um and a, a, a growing a blossoming business and um and there we are i think that's that's probably way way abridged but that's the gist of it
1: Yeah, we'll get into it a bit more as well. But no, I think it's so many parts of I want to really get into because obviously um, building the brand that is today, um, you and is it Stephen?
2: Stephen, yeah.
1: Stephen, you guys have built this incredible global beauty empire. Um, So how did you guys sort of decide from seeing those natural, you know, rich uh, thermal baths and water and Decide we need to actually create a beauty brand from this. What was that journey like?
2: Well, you know, I wonder if this mirrors your experience or the experience of other founders who you've um, who you've spoken with. Is that it was just we, you know we were quite young and of course uh, naive because I was coming at this from diplomacy. Stephen was running a biometrics company, and so by no means were we schooled in the um, in the affairs of. Um, Beauty, But we were so blindly passionate about the prospect of building our lives around this that um, it was just kind of one step in front of the other. And I also think that there were so many instances of of fortune, of luck that presented themselves. For instance, um, you know, I met Stephen. That's also I mean, I come from Florida. He comes from uh, Budapest by way of switzerland and africa and other places and um and so we lived a hundred yards away from each other in budapest but it took a, a blind date for us to to meet despite probably having crossed each other's paths and you know countless uh, countless ways and so i think that um providence um providence sets in some somewhere along this journey and and, you know, um, we uh, discovered these amazing waters and the effects they had on my skin. Stephen's family happened to um, have built the most beautiful um, many, many years ago and, um, and had donated it to the Hungarians for their health and wellbeing. So Stephen was enormously proud of that. My work as a diplomat, I was also in charge of healthcare outreach. And so I was uh, lucky to meet the leading innovators in science, um, uh, in medicine. And in that capacity, I met this fabulous laboratory of dermatology that had a hand in, um, a Nobel prize winning discovery of vitamin C. And it was really through them that we, um, really shone a light on the possibility of capturing the magic of these mineral rich waters and topical skincare. So it was, um, it was luck. It was, um, kind of, um, you know, the, the tenacious um, commitment that comes from youth and naivete, and and also this idea that it couldn't fail. I mean, I think that also comes with um, I, my mother at fifty. Um, she had only she'd never really uh, had a, a, a full time job, and at fifty she decides to go into restaurants of all things. And I'm sure you know the statistics. I think ninety eight or ninety two percent of restaurants fail. And I remember her telling mm-hmm. me you know, failure was just not an option. So she, you you just work um, you, with, with that in mind um, and knowing that, uh, you know, you, if they say no, you, you crawl in the window, you know you, you know, you don't take no for an answer.
1: And I think that you need that mindset going in, especially as a founder, entrepreneur, because there's going to be so many failures coming no matter what stage of the business you are in. So, you know, you can imagine, I mean, every day, whether we can control it, whether our mistakes or someone else's mistakes, our stakeholder, suppliers, whatever, uh, yeah. you have to just embrace them and welcome them to overcome them. Otherwise, you're never going to survive in this industry. And you
2: it's know, I fact. think along, I think you're absolutely right. And I think another thing which is um, so important to remember is just having the bigger picture in mind. I remember yes. reading something about Christopher Nolan, the um, great director who did Tenant and. Um, what are the Batman. other ones he's done? Batman and uh, Inception, I think. And and I yep. remember him reading uh, right evidently before he starts a movie as a as a director, he writes a, a, a half a page, a paragraph of what it is he's trying to achieve with his film. And I think in some ways entrepreneurs can do the same things of what what are you doing this? Why are you doing it? Who are you doing it for? Um, you know, if it all ends tomorrow, what do you want it to have said about mm-hmm. you? And so I think that's it, because, you know, as you say, the day to day can just keep you so far down in the weeds. You have to remember to elevate and, and remember where you're going and why. I
1: think you said that spot on. I think if, you know, people have a brand in any industry, just even sometimes writing it down or having that kind of mantra or like your, I always say your your brand kind of why or reason always by your side and yeah. never lose sight of that because um and it, of course it can evolve it can change as you build it but overall there's an overarching reason and motivation behind what we're doing uh, exactly. and uh, yeah uh, that's the most important but i i love the fact you know as likewise i have a, a, a my sister who's my other co-founder um so you know you have your loved one What's it like working you know um, does a do you guys conquer and divide certain areas of the business, and what's that dynamic like?
2: Well, I think one thing and, and again, maybe this is uh, similar to your experiences we've never known anything different so we yeah. um we started this business before we even got married and um and we were always a, a you know a couple we still are that there's no one I would rather you know have dinner with have a conversation with um you know, spend an afternoon with, go to a museum, you know, anything, and um, and so it it just works for us. It wouldn't work for I'm, I appreciate, it. and a lot of our friends say it's not necessarily something they could envision. But um, because it's all we've known, um, and it seems to be quite symbiotic in terms of our um, our couple, it, it's great. But you know. I think it's it's also a bit of a challenge. I remember um, my friend, Ruth Chapman, who started matches with her husband. I remember her saying something about the challenge of working with your partner is, you know, you're, you're typically arguing about something at work because you feel passionately about something and the other person does equally, but maybe in a different direction. But then you come home and you have to argue, you know, who uh, puts the children to bed, who's going to clean up the dishes, who's going to, you know... So so you're having to talk about so many different things and and a lot of them are pretty serious. You know, I mean, life is serious and business is serious and especially when other people are involved. And so I find that's probably the biggest challenge is um, is just divvying up the time um, appropriately so that everything gets its fair amount of focus um, as a couple. Because so often, you know, you need a couple to, to, to set eyes on these things.
1: It, and it's kind of like a dance, you know. It's a two-way partnership, yeah. but it moves and it, it flows in different ways. But you have to be agile, um, as you know. Certain things might change in business and life, and you have to navigate through that without letting either falter. Because, as you said, it's so important. They're both, you know, life is really important, work is really important, and um, that balance is so, um, you know. I think, as you said, it's once you it's just tricky. know it, and yeah, it's tricky. But you've you've had yeah. experience, and I think that's really. Uh, hopefully, inspiring to many people who are thinking of doing the same. Or, and I can tell you, you know, with my sister, it's actually made us closer together. So it does yeah. work. Oh, definitely. Uh, it can. And and, and also the
2: hi- yeah. the highs are so high, and it's wonderful to be able to share that. Um, the lows are also pretty low, and so to be able almost to without words, just kind of give someone a hug, and just be like, mm, you know, I know that that it cuts. Um, I think that's also um, I think that's also so so comforting.
1: I couldn't agree more. Um, but I, I, you know, I do want to go a bit more also into the brand um, and the products. But first, I think people would be quite curious to know how the name I think I know, obviously, with with your namesake, but like Amorovitsa and why this name um, in particular?
2: So this name is not um, an obvious choice. Let's just put the turkey on the table. Um, so it's, um, but you know, neither is starting a skincare brand and, you know, in, in Budapest and a lot of other choices, but it just felt so right for us because um, Amoravitsa is um, part of Stevens and now my family name, Margaret de Heinrich de Morvitsa. And it's so interesting, um, at least for an American, as an American, um, because the reason his name has a uh, Amoravitsa is it's the name of a town that was given to his family, um, hundreds of years ago by the Austro-Hungarian emperor for, um, contributions to the country. And, um, and this is something that's actually quite typical. I'm mean, not, that doesn't happen every day and certainly doesn't happen anymore, but that is something that is not unheard of in the, you know, 16th, 17th, 18th, uh, 19th centuries, um, in, in these areas. And, um, and when Stephen and I met, uh, I couldn't get my hand, head wrapped around like the duh bit. Like duh means of. And yeah. so I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. And so when, um, I just thought it was hilarious when he told me all this stuff. And so I used to sign at the embassy. I would sign my emails. Uh, my name is Margaret Dickerson. Margaret Dickerson to Jacksonville. And like just kind of take the, you know, because it's so, you know, bizarre. Um, I just thought it was pretty funny. But, yeah, so it's the name of a town. His family is from. One of these wonderful old families that have a a history of um, philanthropy, clearly, with the thermal waters, um, lots of politicians, um, Olympians, uh, um, industrialists, etc. So they they've had a really colorful, um, exciting um, history in Hungary. And um, and that in some way was manifested by the um, the uh, the gift, if you will, from the emperor. Long
1: time ago. I I just love the fact that there are certain rule books we say in business, which is like, you know, have a name that's SEO friendly or have a name that is um, trademarked, whatever. But for me, and like, you know, I think it's important to not go so like every other brand can do that, but actually creating or sticking to something that has history, has meaning, adds so much more kind of dimensions to the brand. And I think for me, when I first heard about your brand, I instantly wanted to know more about the name and the why. Um, which you don't get with some brands which are just you know x beauty or x it's just kind of very boardroom made and i think this is very you know historical made so i love that you kept with it
2: but you know one thing and i'm wondering what you think um and perhaps your viewers um is luxury because i am a devotee of luxury and you know i was working after school from 16 years old i went to university on scholarship i um you know, I by no means did I have a disposable income, but I was always the, um, the the person who would save my money for that gorgeous Creed perfume or that amazing Hermes lipstick or or whatever. And it made me so happy to be able to work and save my money and invest. And and I think the brands I'm most drawn to um, the luxury brands I'm most drawn to um, are those that have a point of view. And I think luxury by definition cannot be all things to all people. I, I think you need yep. someone with their hand on the rudder with, um, a, with an idea of view on, um, what they perceive as, um, as the ultimate in, in luxury, steering you through, um, a, a rather crowded, um, lane of, um, of, of options. And, and so whether it's fashion or, um, uh, handbags or shoes or perfume or makeup or any of that. I really am drawn to those brands that clearly um, uh, make decisions for reasons they can very um, um, nobly defend.
1: And I, and, I think, and it's very important to do that because we don't have to be for everyone today. You know, I think that's the, the thing, there is enough space in the market to have your own targeted specific audience and deliver what you're saying on the tin in your marketing efficacy to them you know and and properly not just um try to hit everyone and i worked in luxury well this is why i don't like the word luxury so much because it's a very different under, misunderstanding of the word to a lot of people because uh, it's your own luxury but i used to work for you know, dior which was a luxury brand but working in there i sometimes felt oh they're trying to get as many sales or whatever and they're not thinking about that completely what is the final end consumer so it's interesting how it is trying to understand what is the consumer asking for when they say luxury you know is it is it delivering it in 10 hours is it having the best products is it about Mm -hmm. being um the most clean and conscious and cruelty free and i think that's where it's very important but what you guys have done is a lot of things I personally, as as a luxury consumer, love. And I would love to know what was that journey in creating the products as also a luxury consumer yourself? How did you decide on, for example, price points and types of products and packaging? Because there is so many options, as we know, right, as a founder. And yeah. everything has a cost and a difference. But how did you do it?
2: It does. It does. I guess <clears throat> I will just take you back um to those decisions. I mean, we were, um, for instance, in formulation, we were... Um, I, we have um, a wonderful office where we still have an office uh, um, on Andrashi Ut in Budapest, where we've actually just um, opened up a, a fabulous new institute. And Steve and I were in our little um, spot and we were talking about um, the formulas. And, and we both said, um, and this was way back in the day. So this was in 2006, where we ended up being the first brand to go into Neiman Marcus and and uh, Bergdorf Goodman that excluded parabens and petrochemicals, etc. And we, what we really wanted to do is uh, have two pillars. One is we wanted to have the uh, formulas be an extension to how we lived our lives and our values. And you know, one of them is we love fragrance. Um, Steve and I both do. And um, I mean, I could give you a dissertation of every perfume I've loved and why I love it, and um, and the uh, um, perfumers and. And so having beautiful scents was very important to us. We were lucky to work with the same perfumers in Grasse um, that do all of Hermes and Chanel's fragrances. But we also wanted our products to exclude all those synthetic ingredients, which were quite harmful. So the fragrances um, have, um, are quite sophisticated. They're bespoke, made for more Morviza, but they've got a benefit for the skin. So it kind of goes on those levels. And also in terms of formulation – we wanted things. We wanted to deliver um, what we were looking for in, in skincare, and that was the best in modern luxury. So, as I mentioned, we would exclude a lot of those synthetic ingredients. But if there was a um, an ingredient which we felt um, did not have its equivalent in um, in nature, we would use a synthetic ingredient, and for very specific reasons. For instance, um, our three favorites are um, retinol. Um, retinol is, you know, the best ingredient to reduce the um, appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. And so we use a, a very specific type of retinol, which is 11 times more effective than retinol. But we use a patented delivery system so that it doesn't, deli- doesn't irritate the surface of the skin. But we also offer a fabulous product that was Oprah's favorite, our Miracle Facial Oil that has Bakukia Oil. And that is the best known alternative to um, retinol, vitamin A. Um, we love um, BHA, AHA acid, so we'll include glycolic and salicylic acid. Glycolic, because of its molecular weight, is uh, the most effective acid. However, we appreciate that could be a little bit too punchy for maybe our younger or more sensitive customers. So we also include amazing products with lactic acid. Um, vitamin C, our view is that the synthetic vitamin C is the best. So across the board, we include a synthetic a very stable, very potent vitamin C. So we have very specific reasons why we do those things. Um, But again, what we're offering is the best in in modern luxury, the best formulas, uh, most innovative. And of course, in all of our products, we have this patented um, elixir, which is our healing concentrate, which is our way of capturing the magic of these amazing um, healing waters. But in terms of which products we chose, we um, wanted to create a classic Hungarian facial. And so the first eight products we created, um, we launched in our spa in Budapest, um, and they were everything you need for a classic Hungarian facial. And, um, and so all these decisions, um, you know, it just kind of, uh, it just kind of came from, it was no marketing plan. It was no research. We couldn't afford it. It was just, okay, <clears throat> this makes sense to us. And so this is what we did.
1: I have to admit, I, absolutely love your miracle facial oil. I use it. And oh, Bokuchio is so, uh, I mean, we had just launched a product with bocuccio So I know all about that ingredient and it's so amazing with the vitamin A. It is cetera, amazing. But
2: yeah.
1: It's it's so diverse. And I think it's so great that I see um, you really showcasing the incredible ingredients we're using because um, that is such a, obviously the history from Hungary, but also it's good to educate consumers on certain ingredients that, you know, they might not know about, but why are we putting them on our skin, and why are we using them in our? And and also, these things can cost a bit of money from a raw ingredient perspective. So I love the fact that when I I really look, at, and hopefully you know our listeners too, really look at the ingredient list and the ILS, because there's a reason why it's luxury. There's a reason why the price point is more than something you find on Walmart or Target. Is because there's actually a lot of efficace, you know, efficacious ingredients in there that are going to last a lot longer and better for you if you use them long term. So uh, I think, you know, don't want to be cheap or underinvest in something as important or as our biggest organ, which is the skin. And I think that's why I'm really glad that you've done that. And I think everyone should definitely check out your products. But what would you say are your kind of your personal go-to like uh, starter products for people to try for example
2: you know we have one program that uh, i absolutely love it's called just one change and that is for we have a a view that you don't if you've got a certain skin concern um that uh, let's say it's hyperpigmentation let's say it's acne let's say you're really starting to see um a lack of um firmness and elasticity uh it could be um uh, dull skin, you know whatever it is that you are experiencing, we have a product that is ideal where you can immediately see a difference to that concern. For instance, um, the lack uh, if your skin is looking dull, you want a little bit of brightness, we have a daily vitamin C, which is superb, which is an amazing um, uh, uh, daily serum that has a very stable potent form of vitamin C. If, um, if you're looking for something with um, uh, with uh, maybe to clarify the skin for acne or silver skin savior mask is divine um, if you're looking um, for exfoliation depending on your skin type we have a copper peel which has got a lactic acid um, a wonderful two-step um, uh, mask that is a, a physical and um, a uh, enzymatic exfoliant and, and so on so I would say, You've got, in terms of cleansers, you have our thermal cleansing balm um, and our, uh, gosh, we've got two amazing ones now. We've got the gentle buffing gelée and the um, cleansing foam. Um, And I just poor you, I could go on and on. I love it.
0: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Luxury quality within reach. Go to com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. com slash style.
2: This is, yeah.
1: It's ama- I mean, <laughs> I love the fact that you can also find so easily, like you have a lot of incredible products and, and sometimes people can get fatigued with what do I go for? But on your website, it's so easily kind of Easy to navigate around. I love your healing prescription. I think you have on your website oh, that you can find. You. Yeah, um, it's done probably one of the best I've seen because I get tired looking at skincare brands and body care brands and not knowing which ones are for what. But you've done it so well with oh, the concern and the skin type.
2: Well, what we tried to do there is just um, really capture the experience of going to one of these amazing um, spas in Hungary. Because you go, you first there are two steps of the curative culture of which we're really so inspired. Is one you go to the thermal baths, and that we've captured that with our um, amazing patented elixir. And then, of course, it's you get these amazing facials, and we've captured that through the healing prescriptions or the the just one change products. So you poor thing, I could go on and on about which products, but I won't. I will I'll just talk forever on those.
1: But I mean, they, they deserve it because that could be a known product, uh, podcast on its own because they're just so good. So I'm hoping people um, at least, you know, try and, and, and see the products. But going on the spa topic, which you just mentioned, um, you've done some incredible work with Four Seasons. I would just love to know more about how you got into spa and especially with the Four Seasons.
2: Well, um, the Four Seasons, are you familiar with the heritage of the Four Seasons, the gentleman who started it? No reason you should. I've, I wasn't no. before this. Personally,
1: no. But I would love to know if you have a story to share. Yeah. So,
2: he has a book that I would really recommend to anyone who is in um, an a, an area of service. And I definitely consider Steve and I consider that we are in service, servicing our clients. Um, and it is such an inspiring story about how he started up in Canada, um, and um, and you know how he grew his his empire. And I'm sure you would agree that. Four Seasons is, is certainly among the, the the best, almost unparalleled in their level of service and the, their employees and um, and just how welcome they make you feel. And so um, when we uh, – spa was a very natural extension for us. We started uh, Morvica in a spa. We were so inspired by the very unique um, curative culture in, in Hungary. Stephen's family has been for eons. Um, and so it started in Budapest, and then from there it blossomed um to uh, quite a few other properties. and um and they, you know they are so good at choosing their partners. They treat their partners incredibly well. Um, they're just, I have to say, just the very epitome of luxury, of um, of of service and um, grace, really. And so in terms of how we did it, um, when we launched in Budapest, it was quite a natural fit for us to um, to work with them. And they very, um, very uh, generously uh, worked with us. And then, again, it just um, mushroomed from there. I don't know if that answers your question. but It
1: does. No, it really does. And I, I think, you know, another question I had kind of going on from that was also the decision to sell both in retail and in spas, which I think is... So, I mean, the brand leads itself to do that. What was um you know first more for the brand founders out there? what was the kind of the decision making behind you know which specific retail doors and which spars to go into
2: well um oh, I guess that also goes into your price point. The question you asked, and i i I'm so got so excited about the other things i didn't mention um <laughs> the um The price point just kind of dictated itself once we you know we knew we were going to have recycling packaging, we knew we were going to have You know, work with the the great um, providers uh, for pumps, which happens to be in France. We knew, you know, just kind of we knew the ingredients, we knew the perfume, you know, all these things, and so that just kind of naturally happened. And then the doors, again, just an extension of where we shop, where we love shopping. I remember um, going to this was um, fifteen years ago, going to Neiman Marcus, which was the first door who took us, and and doing a, um, a presentation with, I think they had like eight people in the room, and it was just me. I'd flown over. I was heavily pregnant. And I remember doing the presentation with my um, my fingers crossed behind my back. I was so nervous because the night before I'd stopped in New York and someone said, um, tried to explain about how Shiseido had tried to, which is an amazing brand. Had, and maybe this story is not correct, but as it was told to me, that Shiseido had been trying to get into Nemo Marcus for years and and hadn't. And they even had the president come over. I mean, it was just crazy, and it never really worked. And then um, so I, I kind of went into that meeting thinking nothing to lose. And But what's great about that is, I mean, maybe for other founders, is you get one big apple, and then they said, we want you. We want you You know, exclusive for three years, and we were there um, for the longest time, fastest-growing young brand, and we still have a wonderful partnership with them. And, I mean, there's such great brand builders. And then all of a sudden Bergdorf takes you. And then Harrods takes you. And then Isatan, Takashimaya, Joyce takes you. And mm-hmm. then Mecca. And then, you know, it's just such a, a wonderful um, domino. But you do need to probably lasso in someone who is a, a known um, voice of authority in the, in the luxury sector, I think. And then you just don't 100%. take no for an answer. There's some, uh, we just got into um, Beaumarchais in the last few years. And, you know, we just, we knew that was the right place for us. And so we didn't stop, but, you know, sometimes it takes a while.
1: Yeah. And and it takes a bit of trial and error, but you have to give some time, especially with your first giant you get into that exclusivity is so important from both ends to test, but also to show commitment because, Um, there will be the minute you sign there will be now new retailers knocking on your door it's very normal Uh, and it can be quite tough for especially small startup-y kind of beauty brands where you have x amount of funds and can't afford all the partnership marketing and sampling that it takes sometimes launch in retail Um, don't rush but you know be tactical with the right players and it's okay to also you know, start. And then if it's not working, did you list yourself? It's important as well, because retails change. And did you ever have to like deal with certain doors not making sense for the brand?
2: Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Up and down and all around going out going back in. And you just and that's what you do. That's what you do. And I think also something that perhaps some of your, um, your founders will experience, and perhaps you experience this as well as, especially online, the money can mm. be so good. And Lord knows, as young – well, any brand, you need that cash flow and that, you know, money that comes in um, seemingly effortlessly is is pretty hard to say no. But I find – or we have found um, that, you know, there's no mystery. Sometimes if things are doing um, so well that there is something going on on the back end that isn't best for your brand, so you have to make adjustments and maybe um, shut them down um, despite the, you know, favorable – uh, favorable economy. So, yeah, so it's just, you, you just have, to, you do have to look at the longer life of a brand. You have to. Uh, and, and when you choose your partners, yeah.
1: And, and then, you know, obviously the last year and a half or two years now really, um, has been really tough with the pandemic and uh, it's something that as beauty brand founders, we had to just be agile and adapt to. So what was that like for you, for the brand specifically? Um, and what were some of the changes that needed to be made?
2: I have to say it was really tough yeah I think I'll just say that right now it was very tough um we've had a, a few um structural issues um with supply chain etc that we've uh, been um, you know and then there's uh, with our UK partners brexit and um there's so many yeah it, it's it's uh, you know changing warehouses um I was we were just sharing before, Right now there is, um, at least with the partners we have, uh, we're we're lucky we're launching some products um, in September, which have met with, uh, you know, really great enthusiasm, even more than we had hoped. And so we've got these great orders in the warehouse um, ready to ship. And we can't ship them because they don't have enough staff. Um, And so that's on the um, the European side and on the American side is – And our partners at the distribution places are saying, oh, you know, we we can't even pay bonuses to get people in to work. And so, you know, that's also a bit of a heartbreak when you're, you know, you're doing things on the back end. But, you know, that's something that I'm sure is um, is affecting everyone in all areas um, of business. And we all, you know, you just get by the best you can. But but, you know, Brexit was tough. I have to say it was it was tough. It was tough. Emotionally, we have a lot of young colleagues. It was not easy um, I was homeschooling four children. Thank you. Not easy. Um, oh, nice. I would, you know, it was, uh, you know, but so many blessings, um, you know, gosh, so many blessings. So cannot complain for a second, but I would not say it was uh smooth sailing. No, no, I
1: think, and I think it's, it's okay to, I, even going back to the beginning of the podcast, when you said about uphill battles and potential problems, you just have to deal with these opportunities. I would say opportunities because they are opportunities to grow and to to you know to get better but it's definitely a tough time for everyone especially like as you know with with supply side uh with any raw materials lead times air freight uh so even though the business is growing which everyone loves with online boom the cost implications and the, the stress and the timings to hit deadlines it's tough it's very tough but um i think that's why it's important as well to to just um you know be open with every you know stakeholder you have and whether it's your consumer uh we recently with Brexit you know we had to turn off Europe shipping because we had to now get a new as you might know we had to get a new certificate to ship out of the UK into Europe and consumers might not know that and we had to just be honest and really tell them like up front like look we're a small business we've had to turn it off this is just what it is and it's going to hit the business but we don't want to have more issues later.
2: Do you, do you know that that is such a great point and you hit upon that. And I think if I could almost um, give one piece of advice to any aspiring or young um, entrepreneurs out there, it is relationships are absolutely key. Um, especially for, um, for smaller brands, because, you know, if there's something that, and life happens and um, things, um, you know, may things always go your way. I hope for everyone listening, but, in the event that they don't, you need to be able to pick up the phone to someone with whom you have a relationship and say, just as you, I mean, it's so um, perfectly recounted and and have them still be with you, you know, for the next quarter. And so, and that is something that uh, I don't know if everyone appreciates, everyone who's not a founder. I remember we had someone Mm. recently working with us and they said, oh, you know, relationships don't matter. You just have to like browbeat them or whatever. And we were like, no, no. You bring croissants, you bring cookies, you remember birthdays, you send flowers, you are grateful. Don't ever forget that, you you know, genuinely, um, you know, people are taking a punt on you. And and you have to, when you don't deliver, and I'm sure they appreciate it, you have to... um, be enormously humble by that
1: and very just honest in in the whole experience yeah. and you you nailed it on the head exactly um you know, before before we go into kind of the fire round and, and kind of um wrap this up I, I do want to just know personally for you as margaret how do you stay like motivated and grounded is there like a routine for success that you follow every day
2: um you know what uh I, um I do think that the, the the secret is is discipline. I think whether it's about caring for yourself, I think that I, I look at beauty literally as though it's a decision. like I decide to exceed my own expectations. I, you know and, and with that, I work. you know you have to do the cleansing, the you know all of these things, even though at night, of course one might get a little bit tired, et cetera. And so I think discipline is absolutely key. I think planning is I am a maniacal planner. Um, I plan um, my weeks, uh, then I plan my days. And then throughout the day, I probably revise my my plan, you know, two or three times with my top to-do lists. So I definitely do that. I'm a big um, exerciser, meditator, yoga enthusiast. Um, I love reading. I'm a huge reader. Um, I'm very uh, curious. I, I wouldn't say I'm good at anything, but I'm curious about a lot of things. Um, and that keeps me motivated. Um, and also, as I mentioned at the top of our call, is just to always have your eyes on the prize. Why are you doing this? For whom are you doing this? Uh, and what you hope the outcome to be. Obviously, as you pointed out as well, you revise that as um, things evolve. But just having um, your eyes on the horizon, because that's where I do think providence sets in.
1: I love that eyes on the horizon. That could be a mantra for many. We should put that really like that's you. Really, I love horizon. that. That's that's such a good um um so I mean the last question I ask everyone is um it's kind of, it's going to be a really tough one for you because I know you love all your products but imagine like Ooh. um I say TSA but then I think about this like I say this is a very American thing but the equivalent in the UK would be security i don't know um but imagine travel is opening up and security is being a little bit trickier and they're saying look margaret you can travel but only one amaravita product you can bring only one
2: it's so easy actually okay this one is easy it is a product that's launching um in a couple weeks it's called our queen cream Mm. and um and it is uh, the, the best moisturizer i've ever used in my life but it's even more the. It's not even. I mean, it's it's a moisturizer, and my skin's very dry, very sensitive, and so I always struggled to find something that was really um, gave me hydration throughout the day, um, and uh, and so I um, we've created this something called Queen Cream. Stephen is our wizard, my husband, and he's he's done this, but um, it's it's a primer, but also it's a you know it's great for the. It's just the most divine product, all encompassing serum moisturizer primer i would take the queen cream hands hands down I, I, but it's not available it's only available in september
1: but i think by the time this podcast goes live it will be ready so and that's a good news okay. so we'll put the link in the summary and everyone can go buy it because um oh, thank and you. just to make yeah. it, it queen cream but it's for all genders all everyone oh, yeah. can use it amazing absolutely okay so yeah we have I'm a cream cream
2: use- a queen cleanser coming out too, which is nice.
1: Oh, I love that. And queen cream sounds really like just, it sounds like the, I've never heard it. And I don't know why no one's created that name before. It's such a clever name. Um, So we're going to wrap it up with some fire round questions. So it's kind of like first thing that comes to mind. Um, So we'll we'll just get straight into it. So the first question I want to ask is what's another beauty brand or even a wellness brand that you're currently loving right now?
2: Um, Perfume. Can I say perfume? Yes, or is that okay. not wellness? Well, I love uh, uh, Creed. I have to say, I yeah. love the Creed perfumes.
1: They're amazing. Florissimo in particular. Absolutely. I also think if you love perfume, we should definitely venture. I'll you introduced to my dad and, you know, we should definitely do a trip. We always go to Grass. We were just there actually recently uh, in Fontaine yeah. de Parfumer, And yeah, a lot of, I'm sure we have a lot of fragrance we can talk about. Um, What's a, a guilty pleasure of yours?
2: Um, oh gosh, there's so many. Um, I, uh, I love listening to podcasts. Is that guilty pleasure? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I,
1: uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> what's like a guilty pleasure? Like I you love know, chocolate most,
1: most guests say, well, it's actually interesting. Most guests say like chocolate and stuff. I'm like, that's not really guilty. But some people like reality TV shows, um, you know, uh, no. donuts.
2: <laughs> um, Oh, I, I, I literally have, I just went to Harris with my daughter to, um, yeah. she had a, a ears piercing. So it was quite exciting. And I literally got a donut. So it literally, it's literally, I can show it to you. It's right there. It's <laughs> scrumptious. But I was, I always think that's just life. I, it's that's not even just like You have
1: to, you know, it's that balance.
2: Don't, don't ever trust someone who says no to a chocolate chip cookie is what
1: I think. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we all love it. So we'll be kidding ourselves if not. Um, what are you currently watching or reading?
2: I am um, reading Belle Amie, uh, which is a wonderful old uh, French book. Um, and, uh, loving it. And then Ted Lasso. I love Ted Lasso. Amazing. Very cool. Um, it's a, it's a, a, TV series on, um, on Apple, which is really fun. An Apple. Oh. Yeah. Do
1: you speak French as well?
2: I speak a little French. Yeah. I oh. speak a little French, not, not so well. I speak a little Hungarian, not so well, but, um, it's Stevens for my children. I have to say with my husband, they're speaking German. They're speaking Hungarian. They're speaking French. And I think, with my little wow. Jacksonville, Florida mind thinking, how the hell did this ever happen? Well, I'm just like, you know, I actually need hearing aids. I don't even can't even hear, much less speak these languages. But, I um, but I, yeah, but I'm loving. I'm, I'm really going back. I just finished a great book by John Meacham, the historian who I love, yeah. on um, Winston Churchill and um, and Franklin Roosevelt, uh, oh, which amazing. was a wonderful book. But I have to say, I'm a big reader. If anytime you want a recommendation, let me know.
1: Oh, I definitely will. And I love that because I think you also probably read a lot of variety because you're just a very curious mind oh. about all types of things, which I love that.
2: You can ask me about Stormzy. You could ask me about, <laughs> like, I, I am up, Donda. I'm up on everything.
1: I love Books it. My
2: children, everything. Yeah.
1: Oh, amazing. Um, what's your favorite social media platform right now?
2: Uh, Instagram, I'd say.
1: Yeah, mine too. And last question is, if you weren't uh, into the beauty world as a beauty entrepreneur, what would you be doing right now?
2: I think I'd probably still be in diplomacy yeah in in some form or another
1: yeah I I, I love how um we still have you know and you never know we can still do it there's so much um you know right now especially speaking to a lot of the founders it's it's crazy to see how they have such maybe like a, a second life or some might be like um table tennis champions or um avid artists and it's great to see that kind of as human beings, we're so diverse with our experiences. So
2: Yeah. I think also, uh, you know, we've we, seen I are such firm um, enthusiasts of the, um, of the environment, I just joined the board of Kew Gardens and oh, wow. um and excited to see all the innovation. They've got amazing things coming through there. And so that's something that I'm, you know, really inspired by. And, um, but yeah, so many, so many things. Amazing.
1: If if anyone's, um, obviously anyone in in London, but anyone coming overseas, um, to London, definitely do check out Kew Gardens. It's incredible. Like it's one of my favorite places to go and just spend the day walking around, reading a book.
2: Oh my gosh. They've got 420 scientists on staff and just a side note. Um, one of my favorite inspirations for product formulation is this you poor thing. You're like, okay, I thought we were wrapping it up. was this uh, <laughs> Chinese lady who oh, it wasn't a, um, a classically trained um, scientist, but she obviously was very gifted and tapped to go into research early on. And she discovered and won a Nobel Prize for um, a cure for malaria. Oh Wow. And she was stumped for years on how to do it. And it was only until she started studying ancient Chinese medicine, about how they used to treat malaria, and it was effectively a way of um, taking a certain bark, mm-hmm. a moss on a bark, and the way to distill it. it was through steam instead of other ways. And I was getting a tour um, recently by the head of um, uh, head um, of this uh, research area and um, and he showed me the bark that she used and um, and it just is another you know another example about how you know, to really unlock potential, sometimes you need to look back, innovate, but look back and see what all these fabulous minds have done throughout history. It's so true. I, and that was at Kew Gardens. I, yeah.
1: I couldn't say that. Exactly. And they might be on our doorstep and we just don't realize what is abundantly available to us. Um,
2: exactly. I couldn't say it better yeah.
1: myself. Well, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. We could speak on for hours and hours, and I'm sure we will. We'll be touching base offline and continue our conversation. But in the meantime, where it. can yeah. everyone find yourself, if you have social media, and also the brand, Amoravitsa, where can they find it?
2: So Amoravitsa, thank you for um, for sharing that. So we're at um, most of these wonderful luxury touch points, whether it be Neiman's or Bergdorf's or um, uh, Harrod's or Takashima, you know, Globe, Beaumarchais, um, we've got our own uh, website I don't have social media myself and that's a whole other conversation um, but um, Amorvitsa has a wonderful social media uh, site Just and it's just Amorvitsa
1: Amazing, I'll put all the links in the summary so everyone can click it directly um, and also oh, everyone go you. check out The Queen Cream which should be out right now by the time this airs um, but uh, thank you so much Margaret and it's been an absolute pleasure Oh, Thank you